Welcome to the Therapist Collective, where we explore the depths of the human mind and heart. I'm your host, Josh Keller, and I'm thrilled to embark on this transformative journey with you. In a world that can often feel disconnected, our mission here at the Therapist Collective is to inspire, connect, and help you grow. Each episode is carefully designed space where we delve into the complexities of the therapist experience, offer guidance, insights, information both personally and professionally. Whether you're seeking professional development, dealing with your own mindset challenges, or simply curious about how to build your career as a mental health provider, this podcast is for you. We believe that every individual has the power to create meaningful change in their lives, and together, we can unleash the immense potential that resides within us all. Throughout our journey, we'll be inviting experienced therapists, psychologists, and experts from various disciplines to share their wisdom, research, and perspectives. We'll explore a wide range of topics, including self-discovery, private practice startup, networking, mindfulness, continuing education, and so much more. But The Therapist Collective isn't just about expert advice. It's about the power of community. We'll be featuring stories of triumph, being real and authentic, and resilience from individuals like you who may have struggled through the labyrinth of life and emerged stronger on the other side. So, join us on this transformative journey of professional development as we navigate the realms of the mind and emotions, seeking growth, connection, and a deeper understanding of ourselves and others. Together, let's cultivate a community of compassionate providers, unleash our inner strength, and create a world where healing and growth are accessible to all. Hello, thanks again for joining us on the Therapist Collective podcast. I'm super excited to have Omar Ruiz with me. Uh, Omar is a licensed marriage and family therapist plus business coach uh, stationed out of Massachusetts. With his private practice, he specializes in helping couples overcome the hardships of an affair. As a business coach, he helps therapists improve their online presence so that they can get found by clients. And that's actually how I how I first uh, learned about Omar was in a Facebook group that we're both a part of where he was marketing his course um, and, and content on how to improve your marketing presence. And so I was really intrigued. It seemed wildly popular. And so I invited Omar to, to join us. So thanks for being here, Omar. Uh, thank you so much for the invite, Josh. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about this. So um, listeners have all sorts of experience when it comes to marketing themselves. My, my guess is that some have just begun thinking about how to market themselves. Some might be seasoned. And so um, we'll just kind of take this from the start. If, if you were to uh, have a conversation with a therapist who is just getting started, uh, why would you uh, try to convince them that marketing is, is so important right? rather than just kind of waiting for people to come to them? Why do you think that they need to know that marketing is uh, an important thing to focus on? I would, I would say a lot of therapists who decide to venture off and start their own practice, whether or not they have ideas of doing a solo practice or a group practice, most of them have this hesitation of understanding, uh, I would say, the process of building a business. Uh, a lot of them would say, well, I didn't know why I wasn't taught anything about business. So they get worried and concerned. They also are, are exposed to different sales tactics. So they 
stray away from it because they don't want to come across as salesy. And in addition, um, I would say that uh, most of them also have been taught in school not to, or in graduate schools, not to focus treatment on themselves, but rather the focus should be client-centered. So, and it's interesting because when I do come across therapists that want to market themselves, all they do is talk about themselves. All they do is mm-hmm. talk about what school they went to, what degree they have, what theory they they use. And your everyday client has, they don't care about any of that. They, they just right. care about whether or not, do you know how to help me with my specific issues? So with marketing, sure. um, they get the idea that if they just create a profile on the therapy directory like psychology today or a basic website that people are just going to want to flaunt to them and especially if they Mm -hmm. went to some prestigious school and they have had multiple years of experiencing experiences treating people with different issues that they just assume clients would want to get to them so i explained to them that it's important to understand the basics of what is marketing, which is simply uh, uh, having a message out there about the services that you offer, the type of people that you work with, and how you can help them. Yeah. No, you touched on several really important things there. You know, the first that that I want to touch on is how most of us in graduate school did not receive any information or education on the business side of doing therapy. Um, And I don't know if that's because most people, um, you know, in graduate school may not know if they're going into private practice or if they're going to work in an agency. And so they, they really have to teach to kind of a a broader application. And so it's more focused on clinical aspects. Uh, Why do you think that, that um, colleges are not really focusing in on this? I, well, I have come across some people who might say that they they were fortunate that they had like a course um, okay. or they had a presenter, but that's an exception. I wouldn't think that that's the yeah. rule. I look at it as my understanding, ac- academia is more focused on teaching the ethics and the strategies of how to help the general population right. um, sure. because that's what's important to them. They want to ensure that once you go out there in the field, that you're not causing any harm to anybody. And there might be a a possibility that even these professors and teachers, they they don't have a private practice themselves. And the unfortunate message uh, that for whatever reason gets said across the nation is you didn't come into this field to make money. You came into this field to help people. And right. I just feel like that's complete BS because all of us have to pay our bills. Sure. All of us, like if we have a family, we need to do stuff. So I just think that their focus is on academics, ethics, and ensuring that we're offering quality care uh, within healthcare. Right. right. And that that money mindset is a huge deal. And a lot of therapists struggle to overcome that. And I, I think you're right. I think that that's, that's, whether it's emphasized overtly or not, a lot of people graduate with this idea that to to want to make more money as a therapist feels selfish or it's you know missing the mark on what we're about and so they have difficulty doing anything that comes across salesy or marketing because it just feels kind of self-inflating but like you said um you know it's important to be able to do that and in order to market sometimes we're we're talking about ourselves but sometimes we're it's more about 
helping the client picture their end goal, their, you know, what's mission accomplished for them. Are you preparing to take the national counseling exam and struggling to find study resources to help you feel ready? Look no further. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by ncexamprep.com, the premier study resource to help you pass the NCE with confidence. NCE Exam Prep has a 20-year track record of providing quality, reliable, and easy-to-use study material to help test takers know they are ready to pass. NCE Exam Prep's Guaranteed Study Package is a comprehensive bundle of resources with everything you need. The NCE Exam Prep Study Manual covering all eight of the KCREP content areas, full-length simulated practice exams and chapter quizzes, testing clinic videos to help you learn not only what to study, but how to take the test, as well as an archive of video lessons covering all the content from the study manual. Following NCE Exam Prep's recommended study plan comes with a full refund guarantee. If you still fail after following the plan, you will receive a full refund on your purchase. Use the coupon code THERAPISTCOLLECTIVE at checkout and receive 15% off your entire purchase. Don't delay getting your NCE preparation on the right track. Visit ncexamprep.com and pass with confidence. Talk about some of the strategies that you use when you're helping uh, therapists learn how to market themselves. What does that look like exactly? And, and, and where do they... Where, where would be a good starting point if this is something that they're interested in? Yeah, so the normally the first starting point is um, just addressing the five different areas that therapists, when they start looking into how to build their practice, because the starting of a private practice is the same, which is a lot of logistics and paperwork. And so that I tell people, you can just Google that and then download some free checklists from anybody. The difficulty is once it's time to try to generate clientele, that's when they realize like, oh, this is much harder than I thought. So sure. from an online perspective, there I buckle it down to about five different areas, only okay. because that seems to be more manageable for therapists. There are a lot of more advanced marketing techniques, but the five areas are um, a therapy directory. Uh, the most common one that people know of is psychology today, but there's a whole queue of them. The second one is a website. The third one is if you see clients in person, uh, a Google business profile, which is a free business listing that you can get from Google. Fourth is networking. And then the fifth one is social media, which is optional. And I tell therapists, you don't have to do all five, just pick three and then focus on those three. And then okay. I, I would say the mandatory one that everyone needs to have as a minimum basis is a website because how else are gonna uh, people gonna find you? Um, and so that's the starting point, which is these are your platforms that you wanna focus on. And now we can go one by one and then decide for, okay, what is the platform and how best to um, promote yourself, which people would either call it marketing or advertising. I just say you're promoting the services that these clients are looking for. That's the basis of it. Gotcha. And so, you know, I've met people who, you know, feel like psychology today is kind of the non-negotiable and they'll set that up and then they use that, their psychology, psychology today profile as their website. 
Um, but you're recommending that people have a separate website, maybe that Psychology Today points people to, or um, wh why do you feel like that's such an important um, differentiation to make? So I would say um, there's two different avenues that each therapist can go towards as far as like a business model. You have private pay or AKA self-pay, um, and then I can differentiate between the difference of those and then it being on insurance panels. If you start off, people are apt to want to create a Psychology Today profile because one, they have a great offer, which is they give you six months free. And so if you have six months free, Psychology Today has, a, has done a great job over the years doing their marketing, where they have a clear understanding that therapists to start their business need about six months. And so they just figured if we give them six months and you make you get some clients, that will reel you in to actually pay for their membership. So with that, if you're, so let's go with the private pay, self-pay. Um, the difference is private pay, um, it's basic, there's three terms, private pay, cash pay, self-pay. Uh, and all the only difference is if you're private pay, essentially you're telling prospective clients that you are offering a service that they would have to pay out of pocket for. However, um, in order to convince people to be willing to pay for counseling services, they might say, I might be able to give you a super bill, which to me is just a fancy way of saying a medical receipt, where they take that super bill or medical receipt and submit it back to the insurance to get some partial payment reimbursement. That's private pay. Um, Self-pay is basically someone who doesn't offer a super bill. They just offer a, a, an invoice or receipt. The difference is if, if I'm offering a super bill I, on that medical receipt, there's information that an insurance would require in order to process it, such as a diagnosis, a service code, your right. national provider identification number, anything that you would normally use to build insurance. So... Um, so first they have six months free second, um, they have a, uh, an amount of time to decide for which business model they want to, uh, to, to do private pay or self pay, uh, private pay or insurance. Third, um, the reason why it's important to have a website is because psychology today, as with most therapy directories, give you a limited amount of space. So you only have so many characters and so much room, you don't really have control over the actual website. You only have control of the profile they give you. And so because of that, I tell people, it's specifically for private self-pay practices, that your three paragraphs is not going to be enough to convince people to want to work with you. You need more information. And so what a lot of folks might do is they're like, well, I just started. I don't have much money. And so then they might decide to create like a free website. And that's great, like as a starting point. But what therapists don't realize is that after a while, you're going to have to reinvest in your practice um, in order to grow. So if you have a basic free Google website, a free Wix website, that's good to start off with just to have a presence and just so that people can go there. Because what a website offers is more context. Um, a right. website can go into depth about the services you offer, about your pricing, additional information that people would need. So I would say that's, to me, what's important. Now, the reason why I brought up the insurance piece is because what I've learned over time is 
if you're an insurance panel, you don't necessarily require a website. It's nice to have it, but the insurance by just being on insurance panels, that in, that boosts your marketing efforts because clients can easily just call their insurance and say, "I'm looking for a provider." They give them a list, and your name is going to be there. These therapy directory sites are designed for insurance-based practices because they can just filter the results based on insurance. So if you don't list insurance, you're not going to be shown. That doesn't mean people are not going to find your profile. It just means you're going to have less traction. So with the website, I look at it as it's the very basic that every single business requires because that's what consumers expect. They expect to go to your website to learn more about your service. Right. Yeah. The way that I think about a website is without actually meeting you, it's the best way for uh, potential clients to get a feel for who you are, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can customize everything. Um, the the psychology today and other um, therapy directories, like like you said, they are very limited. It's so they may get a little bit acquainted, but you don't have as much freedom to really customize um, the content and the feel of the website and the look of the website and to incorporate, you know, pictures and images and videos and things. I mean, the psychology today does have a little video option and obviously you can create links, you know, to YouTube and things like that, but it, it becomes a little clunky and cobbled together when you do all of that. So yeah, for sure. Using, you know, using a website to, to enhance that, that profile. So people can get to know you before they've actually committed to calling, I think is a, a really huge, huge part. Um, I'm curious what, what you feel like some mistakes are that um, therapists make when they are considering how to market themselves. What, what gets in the way of really effective marketing in your opinion? Um, uh, one, okay, first, uh, they speak from a clinical lens. They don't speak from what I would just consider a basic human lens. And what I mean by clinical, they go into a lot of what is considered professional jargon. They start right. talking about their theories. Um, they start using what I call fluffy language, where they, they, they say, they just say things like, oh, let me walk you down the path of a therapeutic blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I, I get the, the fluffy, lovely language around it, but you have people who are legitimately, once they get to the site, they're dealing with something, anxiety, depression, relationship issues. So yes, there's space for like hope and that that hope could be used with different uh, pronouns and languages and, and different uh, adjectives you can use. But that I find that even when I was looking for my own type of uh, service for, for different points in my life, when I would read the profiles, and maybe it could just be me, I'm looking for something specific. And so when I see that you're going off of like not really giving me um, what I'm looking for, it gets a bit frustrating because then I have to spend more time searching for the right person. And so one, uh, I think therapists need to understand it's not an, it's not a novel. It's a it's a it's a promotional. Uh, snippet about what you offer and how you can help. If you can't describe how you can help because all you do is tell people, I do EMDR, CBT, DBT, your everyday client may not have been exposed to that. And the right. example I always give to every therapist is 
it's like if I go and I'm looking for a dentist because I need my teeth hurts and I need a filling. If I go to a dental website and all I hear about is some Swiss technique that they learned in, 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 in medical school or dental school, for lack of better words, I don't give a shit. My teeth hurts. Do you, can, I just need you to tell me in simple language, mm-hmm. can you help me? And how soon can I set up an appointment? That's how you want to uh, like come across in that. And then if if someone is very compelled to, to bring up their theoretical uh, framework, what I tell people is that do so in a way that breaks down the barrier to someone who has never been exposed to it. So say, for instance, if they do CBT, um, you, they could say, um, I specialize in helping, um, I specialize in helping uh, moms calm down the anxiety that they experience when uh, having children. I use cognitive behavioral therapy in parentheses CBT as a technique to help uh, distinguish between your emotions and how to behave and respond to uh, prevent a panic attack. So then that way, what you don't want is to use acronyms or clinical jargon and force someone to have to then leave your profile to Google search what the hell that right. means. Because right. as soon as they leave your profile, you lost them. And now sure. and that's in business what we call a perspective, like a, a potential lead. Yeah, no, that I think that makes a lot of sense. the The difference that you're you're bringing out is between basically what we might call features, like what's what's a feature of of seeing you as a client. Well, you offer EMDR or CBT or Gottman Couples. That's a feature that you as a therapist have that you're providing. Versus the benefit. What's the benefit of me? you know, seeing somebody with CBT, the benefit is that I learn how to um, overcome my anxiety when I'm trying to parent, right? That's the, that's, that's what's in it for me. And that's really what, what people are looking for when they are looking out for looking for therapists. Some of them may know enough about, you know, a certain methodology that they are seeking somebody out specifically with that training, but it's because they've learned that that training or that education is right for them to achieve their goals with counseling, right? One of the things that I really try to focus on is what's mission accomplished for my client, right? They don't want to just stop arguing. That might be one of the goals, but they want to stop arguing so that they can, you know, live in harmony with their their partner, right? The so that is really what we want to appeal to in our marketing because that's what's going to help them be really attractive. It's like, okay, we're not just we're not just seeing this person because they have this method of doing counseling. We're seeing them because what they're offering is peace in our relationship, right? And they've got a method to do that. So yeah, a lot of important distinctions there. And and definitely what's portrayed, you know, on our on our digital presence is going to convey that we're not. And if it doesn't, that's what you're saying is that that's one of the biggest mistakes is, is that the jargon that's used um, can detract from what we're really trying to offer. Yeah, and especially if 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 a prospective client is on that platform and all they're getting is the same thing, which mm-hmm. is this fluffy language, this theory, then they, it doesn't make you as a provider unique. And so right. you need to, the idea of... Um, 
And this gets pushed by so many people, the idea of like identifying who your ideal client is. And, and a lot of people struggle with that because they come into it. Uh, and of course, it makes sense. They come into it as a generalist. They get it, they've been exposed to different clients, different issues throughout their career. And so they they end up trying to encompass everything in what I call a listicle. I treat anxiety, comma, depression, comma, trauma, comma, and thinking that that's all that, 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 um, what is that? That wide net is going to capture someone, but that just, what that speaks to is, okay, I, I get that you have done this, but you're not speaking to my specific issue. You touch base on it, but how do I know that you know what you're doing? Sure. Yeah. I remember when I was first starting out in practice, I felt like that's what I had to do. One, because I was, I was trying to get my hours right. And okay. The more types of people that I can treat, the more quickly I'm going to get my hours. Um, and I, I really think it works kind of opposite. Uh, if you can, if you can develop that niche and, you know, build a network of people that know, okay, he treats, couples, not just any couples, but he treats couples that are in high conflict or couples that have just transitioned into, into parenthood, or he treats couples who are dealing with infertility, right? That's going to, that's going to target a very specific audience. And then I, I can focus my marketing rather than casting that wide net. Like you're saying, I can go where those people are, right? I can go to the, to the new parent Facebook groups and market to those. I can zero in my ads, if I'm using ads, you know, to a particular demographic and really, um, instead of casting this wide net where, you know, we might be a while, mile wide and an inch deep, we're able to, to really zero in on, you know, what mission accomplished looks like for the, for the audience that we're targeting. Oh yeah. And, and I would, and I would also add that, um, because therapists aren't, um, fully aware of what it means to market, they look at it from what I what I label as like a consumer mindset, where they okay. pay psychology today in exchange for a referral. But that's not, and, and I mentioned, I'm, I'm going to be posting uh, a future video uh, in a month from now, which I'm going to be presenting in an upcoming um, mental health marketing conference. Uh, to define like when you actually look through Psychology Today's sign-up page, it says that their platform is to help clients find you. They don't say anything that we guarantee referrals. They're just guaranteeing that we will have people be able to find you because they've done a lot with their own marketing to be able to sure. get clients onto their platform. And because of that, I have to tell clients that if you look at it from a consumer mindset, you're going to be disappointed. You have to look at it from an investor's mindset. I'm investing yeah. in this platform so I can market, advertise, or uh, promote my business. And when I do that, I need to stand out from everybody else. How do yeah. I stand out is through the messaging that you have. And so, um, and with the investor's mindset, I have to even break down the numbers. At, at least at the time of this recording of this podcast, psychology today is what twenty nine ninety five a month, and and then from there, if you do like twelve months, that's three hundred and fifty nine dollars and forty cents. If you're starting off, let's just say, regardless of what state, what market you're in, you might charge people, let's just say, a baseline of one hundred dollars. All you need is about either four clients who paid an initial session, 
which would be $400, or one client who attended four sessions, which again is $400, and you recouped your, your investment. And then anything after that, it would be considered profit. However, because they come with this consumer mindset, that four clients is not enough because they're like, this is not, it's not, I'm not building quick enough. I'm not able to leave my job and then transition to this practice. I'm not seeing the, the six figure salary that people talk about or being able to uh, manifest abundance. So whatever that phrasing is, because I, I just, I'm like, I'm more of a realist. I'm like, we can manifest things and think about it. But at the end of the day, let's look at our data. What is our data telling me? And I get that some people took research and statistics in grad school and they didn't care for it. But from a business perspective, we got to look at the numbers because that's what's going to actually if it's actually successful or not. What they tend to focus on is the end outcome, which is a client yeah. referral. And so, right. um, so I would say I'll add that. And then when we look at when we look at the numbers, the numbers will let us know whether or not if we have to change our strategy. And that's also another thing. They don't have a strategy. They don't have a plan. They just put the profile, let it go, go on Facebook groups, complain that I'm not getting clients. But then once right. we actually look at them, even Psychology Today gives you backend data. They tell you how many people click on your website, you do website. Um, um, and then I feel as though, again, we're just looking at the end outcome. And yeah. we, we as therapists can't even listen to our own phrasing, trust the process. Like True. we need to trust the process. And if you can't, then you have to learn the process in order to trust it. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good point. Maybe maybe another mistake that a lot of uh, therapists make when it comes to marketing is, is that they may be looking at a number, but they're not looking at the right numbers. So the number that they're looking at is, did I get a new client, right? And that's, mm -hmm. that's an important number ultimately, right? That's what we want. But the probably the more important numbers, you know, what, what we call those key performance indicators, the KPIs, mm -hmm. that's when we're looking at how many people are visiting the site, how many people are clicking, how many people are, um, you know, what, what the number of impressions are. All of those give us better data for determining whether something's working or not. And if we can look at that information, then we can make those those minor tweaks to you know to whatever it is that we're presenting to the public, and and see okay, this one may have gotten me you know four clients, but how many impressions did it make? If I could increase the number of impressions, would you know by making a more attractive headline or adding a different picture, you know would that result in more conversions? Um, one website might have more impressions, but less conversions. And how do we close the deal on those? Maybe there's a problem with our process or that funnel that gets people from that first click where they see the, the ad or the profile to um, actually closing the deal, so, so to speak, where they actually become clients. That's information that's gathered from those key performance indicators. And if that you mentioned, you know, in the, in the groups, people complaining about it, not working. I don't, I know a lot of people don't use Google ads. I use Google ads pretty successfully. Um, there was, there was one uh, person in a group that said that she spent $50 on a Google ad for one month and didn't get any clients. And so she was frustrated and said that Google ads didn't work. Well, we have to understand that there's a lot more going on with, with that process than just throwing some money and expecting results. Google's barely even learned about you 
you know, after a month and $50 isn't really going to entice it to, to bump it up. So numbers are important, like you're saying. Yeah. And, really I, and, and speaking about that, I, I, I have published uh, 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 what I would consider, uh, and this is just a two-mile horn, a well-researched uh, video on my YouTube channel about Google Ads. Mm -hmm. And and I am, there was a certain point in the video I emphasized that if you're not tracking your numbers, if you're not tracking right. the negative keywords, you're just wasting money. And, yeah. and I even mentioned in that video the same thing, the consumer versus investors mindset. Um, and to me, even the the language that we're using in this uh in this conversation these are pieces of language that therapists aren't uh customs right. like impressions sure. and um key performance indicators or kpis and those are things to me like if people have asked me like how did i come across that well when i um so i've had my practice up and running for about nine years um the first one and a half years it was under insurance i took uh, a personal year off and when I reopened, I reopened under private pay. And this was just a couple months before the pandemic hit. And I was doing a lot of the traditional stuff that people were doing, passing out business cards, attending to networking meetings. And I realized private pay is a very different beast because you really have totally. to do So I end up um, going on YouTube, going on Google, and I started just doing research and started watching videos. And that's how I came to learn. Yes, I didn't go to business school. I went to undergrad, studied. My major was psychology, minor in English. And then I went to a family therapy program um, out in Boston. And I didn't know much about business. Um, I thought I knew because I had the insurance-based practice for four and a half years until reality set in. It was just like, nope, you don't really know because I depended so much on the insurance to market for me. So then once yeah. I started getting uh, accustomed to this like jargon when it comes to like running a business, that's when I started realizing, oh, this is a numbers game and this is a, a, a marathon, not like a sprint. And I think people off the off the rip think it, it's a sprint that I'm just going to be full immediately. And, 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 I, and I don't blame them because they might be part of these Facebook groups or, or just in, in, even if they're not in Facebook groups, they're part of different groups where they hear, oh, I have a full practice. I just created this and all of a sudden I'm off, off running with so many clients. But then I tell people, why don't you ask them, do what you are trained to do, ask questions, get, in, get, get some understanding of what they did and see if it's something that you can apply for yourself. Because people hear these stories, they don't know if it's truly real because they're like, well, I, it's working for them. Well, how come it's not working for me? There right, was a right. recent post, um, even this morning, someone posted about, um, is it necessary to have a social media presence to get clients? And my response to them was just like, no, I don't use social media for my private practice. I use, I tell them um, very honestly, I use a couple of therapy directories, uh, my website that I, I implemented SEO or search engine optimization. Um, and I hired out a team afterwards so that I can outsource it and a Google business profile. Um, I did at one point um, during the pandemic, I enrolled myself into um, an online course around Google ads. I And I did the best I could. Did I get people to the site? Yes. Uh, but I realized just because I took an online course doesn't make me an expert. I'm just going to outsource right. it. There are people who do this for a living. And I Absolutely. think- Therapists are so, and again, I get it. You're working at nonprofits or schools or community centers or even hospitals and clinics where your funding is very tight. 
And so yeah. you're putting in a little as 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 much as you're willing to to put into the business. And people are looking for like the free, the, the hacks or anything. Mm. But ultimately, can you hack yourself to starting? Yes. But you're going to get to a threshold where you're not going to be able to move unless you're willing to put. And, and I even had to right. learn that in my private pay practice where um, I had to bite the bullet. And I <clears throat> I researched what's the average cost of hiring an SEO team. And I knew SEO takes much longer than Google Ads. Google Ads, you can get to the top right then as soon as you post it and Google right. figures out what you need. But I knew that was a long-term game. But that was a decision for me because I got a lot of flack from people about, why don't you just go back on insurance? Like, it's just easy. And maybe because I was hard-headed or maybe because I said there has to be a way to be able to build the type of practice I want. And so I finally bit the bullet and I invested in a in a uh, an agency that did SEO and I knew this is going to take months. So I did not expect it, did not expect immediate growth, but because I invested in my website, I got I hired a, a website designer which I saved for a couple months to pay for the website designer. I got I paid for some copywriters to do the copy, meaning the text on, on my website and then I finally got the SEO people and then slowly but surely I, I grew the practice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And I, I think that a lot of therapists struggle with, you know, depending on where they're at and building their practice, you know, there, there's kind of tiers of, of investment that, that makes sense. You know, if, if you're just starting off and you only have five clients, um, you know, spending a ton of money hiring out may not make the most sense. And so as you're, as your business grows, that's when you move towards, you know, being able to invest a little bit more money, either in ads or in a team. Um, and that's just, that's just hard. So again, it comes back to strategy and it comes back to looking at the numbers. Um, I tried to leave uh, insurance once earlier without really looking at uh, the numbers on how it was going to impact my practice. And there were some months where it was really, really hard to take home a paycheck. Uh, because I wasn't looking at um, how I was generating new clients to be able to sustain a private pay uh, practice. So I went back and I recontracted and got back on insurance panels uh, just because it, it was an automatic referral base. And eventually I was able to um, start scaling back, but it, it really is only because of the marketing strategy uh, that I developed that incorporates a lot of the things that you're talking about. Uh, but really that the data is, is how you know whether it's working or not. And the data goes way beyond new clients. Um, you know, that's important, but, and you've got some, you've got some good ideas here. So uh, in the last minute or two that we have uh, talk real quickly about the, the coaching uh, that you do for therapists and, and how people can uh, jump on board if that's something that they're interested in and, and maybe the best ways to, to get a hold of you. Yeah. So everyone, at least at this point, um, I still offer every single uh, therapist a free 30 minute consultation and it's through Zoom. And in the consultation, what I end up doing is I do the same thing. I divide it into three sections. The first section is where I just immediately share what is it that I offer as a provider so that that way people have a clear idea of what they can expect. Now, if what I offer does not match what their desires are or what they need, then we can just end the conversation right then and there. So that way I'm not yeah. wasting their time. Now, if it does fit to what they need, then the second part of the conversation is me getting to know a bit about their practice and what their needs are. And then I end it with any, any questions that they have. 
So I offer both individual and group um, sessions. I have made some tweaks um, recently. The individual sessions are 45 minutes and it's based on what your needs are. I look at the way I provide business coaching is more of like personal training to your business. I tell people all the time, I'm data driven. I'm going to look at your numbers and the the feedback I'm going to share has nothing to do with you as a person, but more so about your planning and strategy. Um, I'm not the most perfect person. There are some aspects Mm -hmm. to marketing. I don't know that I'm constantly learning. Even this new, this video that I'm going to be producing soon around social media marketing, I make sure that whatever I produce, I try to do it myself. And then if it doesn't work well, I make it very transparently clear in my videos. So um, I will share what I know. I'll, I'll, I'll work with you. And with coaching, business coaching, unlike counseling, it's not weekly. It's maybe bi-weekly once a month because I'm going to give you tasks. I hold the assumption as an adult who went and went to grad school, you independently had to learn how to implement theories. Maybe you had a learning curve where some folks needed a tutor, but you as an adult went and got higher education. So I hold the same assumption. I don't need to hold your hand um, everywhere because you can just go online, read, watch videos, listen to podcasts. The group piece um, has more to do with, I used to do group coaching and now I've changed it to marketing intensives, which essentially is um, a four hour one-time session where every hour I'm going over different topics. I also ask for those who participate to send me their materials. So I do a mini lesson. I I review their information live so that 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 way the people in the group can see the feedback I'm giving. And then afterwards, everyone gets like at least a one hour follow up so that we can decipher a plan. Um, And then that way we can move forward from there. Um, People can book it at online private practice, um, onlineprivatepractice.com. They can book the session, uh, the free consultation. They can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. I don't have as many videos as compared to other folks, but my strategy when it comes to marketing the coaching business is to offer more quality than quantity. And so I make sure that I take my time in offering quality information to people so that that way they can trust in whatever information I am presenting. They can fact check me. They can go to Google. They can go elsewhere because I'm not going to fall into this uh, gatekeeping mentality because yeah, anything, yeah. anything you if people don't believe anything I have to say just google it and then sure. that, that's, and so that's why I would say that's how people can best uh, find me okay. to the channel I do have a Facebook group uh, the link is is within the, the bio of my YouTube channel or they can visit my um, onlinepriverbreakfast.com Perfect. Perfect. And we'll include all that information in, in the show notes as well, in case you want to just access it really quickly right there. So Omar, thank you so much for joining me today. Really appreciate your insight. There's some helpful information here and uh, feel free to follow up with Omar. If you have any questions, I'm sure he'd be happy to visit with you more. And again, thanks for tuning in today to the Therapist Collective. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today on the Therapist Collective. We hope this episode has ignited a spark within you and left you with newfound inspiration, connection, and a sense of growth. Remember, the journey of professional discovery is an ongoing one. Take the insights and wisdom you've gained here and apply them to your life and career. Embrace the power of vulnerability, seek support when needed, and continue to cultivate a deep understanding of yourself and others. We'd love to hear from you, our incredible listeners. 
Share your thoughts, reflections, and stories with us through our website and social media platforms. Your experiences and insights can help create a ripple effect of transformation in our community. And finally, remember that growth is a collective endeavor. Together, we can create a world where mental health is prioritized, where empathy and understanding are the foundation of our interactions, and where each individual is empowered to embrace their true potential. Thank you for being part of the Therapist Collective. Until we meet again, continue to inspire, connect, and grow.